Zencaster is now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution. It provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. Being a creator has never been this easy. Friends, I started using Zencaster when I realized how much faster editing goes when your guests and you have two separate audio tracks. It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is bad, which happens a lot when you live on an island. If you've thought about podcasting before and realize that you need a lot of different tools and services, friends, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code Stark76 and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you, friend, to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It is time to share your story. If you know your woman's history, then there's a great chance you know that New Zealand was the first country to grant women the right to vote. Thank you, Kate Shepard. This makes today's conversation even more meaningful because I am talking to Sarah Pallett, who served as the chair of the Women's Caucus under the one and only Jacinda Ardern, the former Prime Minister of New Zealand. This conversation is full of laughter and common sense wisdom. I'm going to warn you, though, that there are times our connection gets a bit crackly because I'm in Texas. She's in New Zealand. We're halfway across the world from each other. But stick with us because this is a great stark conversation. Hey, friends, and welcome to Stark Conversations. Here we will have some bare bones, unavoidable, but necessary discussions. I'm your host, Heather Stark. Friends, for years, I kept my tongue glued to the roof of my mouth so that I could fit society's idea of a pretty, pleasing woman. However, I always felt broken. It wasn't until I was in my 40s that I realized I'm not broken. No one is broken. It's the way the world was built and the oppressive expectations from society that makes us feel broken. At that moment, I realized how important having a voice in space was, how vital feminism, that's right, feminism, is to our world. Feminism is the path to advocacy, healing, and equality. Each week, I'm going to bring you a conversation on the importance of feminism, an action-oriented way of life that empowers, raises voices, and welcomes all people. Please like and subscribe anywhere podcasts are played. I would love to be in conversation with you. Pallet was honored to be elected as the Member of Parliament for Elam in the 2020 general election. During her term, Sarah served as the Chair of the Labor Women's Caucus and the Health Select Committee. She was a member of the Parliamentarian Service Commission Artwork Subcommittee, the Commonwealth Women Parliamentarians New Zealand Group, and the New Zealand Parliamentary Antarctic Friendship Group. Before entering Parliament, she was a chair of the Labor Women's Council and the co-founder of the Canterbury Women's Branch of the Labor Party. And if that wasn't enough, Sarah was a midwifery lecturer at our Institute of Canterbury and was a practicing midwife for 10 years working both at Christ Church Women's Hospital and as a rural community-based midwife. She held the position of president of the Majority Union of Academic Staff at ARA for three years. Sarah Pallett served under the one and only Jacinda Audern. I mean, come on, how much more feminist can you get? Friends, this conversation is going to be a roller coaster. It's going to smother you in joy and wisdom. So, friends, I give you Sarah Pallet. Hello. I can hear you. Oh, oh yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. 
using when I was in Google Meet, I was using the speakers and, and they were working fine. Like I because te- I went on at 10 o'clock. I, I was so well prepared. Like I went on at 10 o'clock <laughs> to check everything. I was like, yeah, fine. I've got my I've got my thing on blur. <laughs> I'm blurred. I've got a filter. I look like I didn't just, you know, crawl out of bed. <laughs> anyway, hello. Hello, we can do lovely. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Can't thank you for you, sticking with me. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> no. just, you know, this random disconnection. We've got all this yes. technology. We just can't get a flipping speaker to <laughs> Yes, play. I hear you. Anyway, hello. Hello. Oh my it's goodness. It's lovely to meet you. It's lovely to meet you. I just, oh my goodness. Sarah, I, okay, first of all, I want to make sure I pronounce your last name. It's, it's Palette? Just Palette, yeah. Palette, yeah. okay. I wanted, I, I got your email. And I was like, I know that name. I know that name. I know that name. And then I Googled. I'm like, this is not happening. This is not happening. You're joking. I I can't believe you would have remotely. Why would you have heard of me? That's insane. Because so, you know, I'm interested in all things feminist. And, you know, with the shutdown and the way uh, Miss Arden uh, handled everything. And then I, we were just, I me and mine were so taken with that. And so of course I yeah. just started Googling all oh, of the awesome. things. And so it's just that your name popped up. And so I had, had linked it with that. Uh, and then of course, after your, your so sweet email and I uh, started reading more and it was just, it was amazing. And so when you said that you would do this I thought oh my gosh this is oh, this is a gosh. fangirl moment oh no <laughs> that's, that's so sweet but it you know really I, I just you know I just kind of one of the things I found in this in this job is just it's really people are very quick to criticize and they're very mm-hmm. slow to to kind of thank or say actually you're awesome and I know it makes such a huge difference to me because it's such a rare occurrence. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> for, honestly, right. for you know, for a politician to get like, "Hey, you rock! That's amazing!" <laughs> That's like, yes. "Oh my god, I'm framing that!" <laughs> like literally, I'm not even joking. Like I actually literally framed one of the notes that I got. So oh. I was like, "No, I need to look at that because it it just means a lot." So I just thought it sounded like you were just having uh you know really fighting the good fight girlfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes oh so goodness. it's like yeah and, and we need to support each other you, and oh we're so lucky aren't we that we've got this capacity to reach globally you oh know we goodness. can just go it doesn't matter because you're in texas right yes i am yep yeah cool. oh, that's yes. very cool and yes. we found a time that worked so that's really awesome i hope it's not interfering with you know your life too too much Oh, are you kidding? I would have gotten up at midnight for this. So I hope this isn't, you know, isn't putting your your schedule out of. No, I'm absolutely, it's absolutely perfect. And I have, you know, it doesn't matter that we're, you know, we're running late. I've I've got as much time as you okay. have. So, you know, we're really cool. So we can chill. We can chill and chat. I was looking at your list of um, your list of stuff to chat about. And I was like, Oh, that's about three hours. <laughs> I know, I know. By the time, I mean, in a good way, in a good way, because it's just, you know, I'm aware that I do tend to go off. <laughs> I was like, oh, yep, she's going to talk for half an hour on that one. Yep. <laughs> I love that because there are so many things that I want to dig into. And so I, I'm just going to just start. Uh, sure. You know, after, like I said, getting your email and then researching all of the things that you have been a part of and pushed through and then coming back to your bio. And so I just want to read this part of your bio. Oh Lord. It says she, Sarah spoken out against discrimination in all forms to ensure that everyone in, is it Ilum? Ilum. 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 Thank you. Feels they belong, can actively participate and has, have the same opportunities irrespective respectful irrespective of their gender ethnicity and background and I'm like yeah "Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like Sarah has done and that right there is just I mean come on why is it such a hard sell for Mm -hmm. everybody to take this um and so (laughs) your bio just feels so very true and you know I want you to write a how-to book on how you've done all of this (laughs) 
Yes. But so my my first question, number one, I want to thank you for being generous with your your time and your wisdom. That's yes, so that's welcome. important. I mean, you've got um, time. I don't know about wisdom, but you've got time. Uh, you've got yeah. my time. <laughs> what what, wanna... what wisdom I have, you have access to. <laughs> thank you. I make no it's promises important. here, though. <laughs> I want to kick this off by uh, asking what feminism means to you. Ah, I think it's, look, I think it's pretty simple. It's about, it's about bringing women up. It's not about bringing men down. I think one of the Mm. common misconceptions um, that men often have is that feminism in some way will diminish them, but it's not about that at all. It's about ensuring that women are elevated and have the same opportunities, irrespective. You know, as I said in, in, as you said in the bio, it's literally about it shouldn't matter who you are, where you're from, what your gender is, what your ethnicity is, what your background is. You have the same opportunities and um, capacity for success. Um, and and I think honestly, we are stronger together. I, it's, it's never it's never about pitting men against women or uh, you know ethnicities against each other it's literally about just ensuring that we have the same opportunities and that we can we're, we're fighting we're fighting in the same ring you know we're literally on the same field playing the same game with the same resources and at the moment we simply aren't and I think that's all we're asking for Mm. Yes, I love I love that. It's it's together. And mm. you're right. One of the reasons why I wrote that article that has connected us is because so many people just automatically was like, well, I believe in equality, but we don't need to bring men down. And, I, you know, I had a business partner. That's a man that was standing there. I'm married to a man. I don't understand why there's that scarcity, why mm. it can't be and both. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, an, it's this is where the conversation, I think, needs to go, not our conversation, but generally globally, the conversation needs mm-hmm. to go to equity rather than equality, because yes. it's not yes. about it's not about um, equal access. So we don't need the same things to have the same opportunities. It's like you, I don't know if you've seen that meme that has the kids that are trying to look over the fence. Yeah. Are you familiar? So it's like equity is about ensuring everybody can see over the fence. Equality is about they've all got one box. Right. Mm -hmm. So that the Mm -hmm. tall guy is 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 seeing over the fence without without needing the box. But the shorter person, um, you know, um, can't see with one box. So it's not about providing the same things. It's about equity. So it's ensuring we've got equitable outcomes and equitable access. So maybe when I said equal, I was using the wrong phrasing um i definitely um yeah i I think we've just got to think about that and that's where you kind of think oh well this this group insert name of group here whether it's women or people of color whatever um, are getting more than actually no they're getting what they need to have an equitable outcome and so it's not again we're not taking from we're just ensuring that people are on the same field playing the same game with the same resources that they need i should have said to actually mm-hmm. achieve the same yeah thank you thank you so your your journey it makes sense to me <laughs> midwife to parliament especially in terms of some of the health things like endometriosis care that that yeah. you have have championed so tell me you know a little bit about how do you go from a midwife to parliament oh my goodness i well i think it's it, it's kind of like i think the overarching the overarching theme or principle that I've I've had through my life is um, how can I use what I have to benefit other people to the maximum that I can. So, um, and that that's sort of like I think it's because I was um, I have a very strong drive for service, like not 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 sort of like white knighting because I absolutely hate that, but just what can I do with my skills and my capability and my um, lesson abilities what can I do to help others how can I lift them up and so being a midwife it was working one-on-one with you know with with largely women but birthing people um, supporting them through through their journey and I became a midwifery lecturer and that meant that I could spread that through students so you know from one-on-one it was one through student through that journey of teaching midwifery um, and being a tertiary educator I um, joined the union and then very swiftly um, became president of the union and became 
sort of more politic party politically involved through uh, another journey which i'll which i will describe which i think you might find quite interesting um but it was more about so so how could so through we're one-on-one -on -one, now we're one through teaching now we're leading the union and now now what it was kind of like a now what moment um mm. the 2016 u.s presidential elections were the <laughs> um, with a now what driver interestingly mm. um wow you would think that um they that being in new zealand that they would have limited impact but i think i really understood um very quickly what that would mean globally oh not gosh, just Sarah, this is amazing yeah, yeah yeah so so that was so and i'm not this is i've said this before and it's literally true i i, I was sitting watching the news as many were and um, heard the news of the the U.S. President, presidential election 2016, yeah. and I literally got off the couch and I went to my computer and I cracked it open and I joined the New Zealand Labour Party, and I started oh also paying for journalism because I realised, like you know, I basically went online, went to where's the quality journalism? Who do I need to support? Because we are going to need good information, and so that was 2016, and I went right from here on in. I'm not just issues political. I'm party political, and this is not going to happen in New Zealand without me personally fighting it. Does that make sense? So, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I just and it was kind of like, oh look, I've got these, um, I've got these um, skills that I've brought up through years. Um, I can use them in this way, and and as it because it's a very unique skill set that you need to be a member of parliament or an elected mm -hmm. representative, and I don't mean that in a good way you know necessarily it's just unique right you, you've got to be able to do a lot of stuff that other people just don't um, need to do in their everyday yeah. life <laughs> you know like, like learn how to turn off twitter um you know, so yeah yes. lots lots of stuff. yes yeah so that's kind of it broadly if that makes sense so it wasn't so much about the midwifery obviously i have um a great deal of interest in women's health in particular health very broadly. I was on the health select committee in parliament for the um, whole of the 53rd parliament. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I'm very, very interested in all things health and um, lots of other things as well, but particularly that, and obviously I have a, a deal of, you know, I have a, a degree of knowledge about, about it too. That's helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, um, it, you know, it's really interesting to hear how what goes on in one country does affect mm. others and how it, it wakes people up. I mean, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember that day and I, you know, just, I met my girlfriends and we just looked at each other and said, what are we going to do? This is yeah. not going to be good. Yes. Um, so thank you. Thank you for hearing that cry. Yeah. So well, I, tell me it's a glo it's a global need though, right? You know, this is like, yeah. you, you, oh, yeah. I mean, the U S is far too big to not impact everybody and also you kind of like you look at political trends as well you look at um sociological trends and you can kind of see globally it's not you know the u.s isn't existing in a bubble you know this was not a thing that happened just there um and um yeah so it's just it's just interesting to me and i, I kind of like we did a similar sort of thing in the uk um because you can probably hear from my accent i'm not um, I'm not a New Zealander. I, I was from mm -hmm. um, from Britain, um, and so we kind of like had predicted Brexit and all of that stuff coming, which has really drove our immigration um, to New Zealand 20 years ago. So, yeah. so it's kind of like, yeah, I think we're probably I'm probably half decent at predicting political trends. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the maybe that's the message. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that. Um, I wondered if you were from New Zealand because one of the things that has come out of 2016 is this joke between my husband and I, of you know where can we become ex expatriates at, yeah. and we have often looked at New Zealand. Oh. And so when he found out that I was doing this interview, he was like. Christchurch and he's like it's really pretty here <laughs> it is really pretty it's oh my gosh it's it's the most incredible country it's really mm -hmm. um it's it's um it's beautiful um in all respects and the people mm -hmm. um the people are probably like the you know the jewel in the crown really they're um they're just lovely lovely people um and you know from the very first moment I set foot here it was my home um, it's Aww. not, we have a, like in Tureo Māori, they have an expression, Tūranga Waiwai, which is like your standing place. It's kind of almost, I, I, I'm not Māori, I don't claim to be or have a great understanding of the language, but 
it's not my tūranga waiwai, it's not my, my, I don't come from here, um, but it's my home and, mm. and I love it. And um, I'm very, very blessed to have been able to move here. Um, and yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, encourage it. <laughs> Many of you know that I live on a small island off the coast of Texas, and we treasure our beach walks. However, every time we go, we are picking up plastic that is washed ashore. That's why I'm super excited about this company. Sun and Swell Foods. Sun and Swell Foods is the nation's first online plastic-free grocery store. Shop their assortment of delicious, healthy foods and plastic-free compostable packaging. Don't have access to composting? Well, you can send the used bags back to them via their compostable bag send back program. So take a listen to some of these statistics. By 2050, there will be more plastic in the ocean than fish. Only 9% of the plastic created has ever been recycled, and we consume the equivalent of one credit card's worth of plastic every week. So let's choose some food in eco-friendly packaging. And let's talk about that food in the eco-friendly packaging. Sentenceville Foods are delicious, 100% plant-based, vegan, 100% gluten-free, 100% real foods, no added preservatives or ingredients, and once again, comes in compostable packaging. It's also woman-owned. It's a woman-owned small business, so why not promote it on a feminist podcast? If you're looking for a more planet-friendly pantry, shop Sun and Swell and get 20% off site-wide when you go to sunandswellfoods.com and use code STARK76 at checkout. That's 20% off your entire order when you use Stark76 at sentencewellfoods.com. Okay, so then, um, and I don't want to mispronounce this, but tell me about the ministry for, is it Wahine? Wahine. Um, yeah, it's Wahine. basically, it's, it's the ministry for women. Wahine is, is a bit of a, a it's, it's not a direct translation, but yeah, we, it, um, the ministry for women is a ministry that, um, so we had a, the Ministry for Women's Affairs was formed, I think, in New Zealand in 1984 from memory, um, slightly different to the Ministry for Women, which was formed in, oh, hang on, what am I going to say? I've wrote it down somewhere because I can't remember. Um, 2014, I think, was was the Ministry for mm. Women. And then it was um, the Manusu uh, Wahine Ministry for Women was created in 2020. Um, and... Um, so this 53rd parliament, we had um, the Minister for Women actually in cabinet, which is, um, which, is, which is really significant in terms of, you know, being at the table, right? You know, it's, uh, you're not sitting outside cabinet. The previous one, um, previous Minister for Women was from the Green Party with the Labour Green um, Coalition in government. And um, and she was sitting outside of cabinet, and I think it does, um, and outside the majority party in government. So I think it does mm. make a difference having that, having that real, really strong voice actually at the table. Um, and in New Zealand, you know, like we had, um, golly, we managed to finally drag Parliament to fifty percent women um, oh, wow. in twenty twenty. I want to say, or is it? Yeah, because it's a year ago, I think, that we managed to get 50% women in parliament and 50% mm -hmm. in cabinet. I think it might have been 22, actually. Um, Amazing. Yeah, we've lost it now, of course. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. that was, that was, that was, yeah, that was the risk, really. Um, it's just, you know, 53 parliaments, come on, and you, you get to 50% women. It's not like, yeah. <laughs> I had... I had I used to have um had occasional occasional people say oh well you know we need a ministry for men um, and I was like yeah okay well when you've had 52 parliaments without 50 percent representation right. we'll talk <laughs> like right we'll talk about that <laughs> you know but at the moment you're still the majority you know you're still the majority shareholder here dude <laughs> <And so> <laughs> right exactly that's when when somebody says about my business well do you do stuff for men i said well that's called history i know <laughs> you know that's called history it's hilarious <laughs> isn't it? i mean it's yeah it's, it's very interesting right yeah yes 
So this, this ministry, it is specifically designed to act on behalf of all women in New Zealand, women, girls in, in New Zealand. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and in an inclusive way. Yeah. Oh my yeah. So this is, um, yeah. So it's, it, it's extraordinary. They do some amazing stuff. I mean, you'll have seen, it's worth having a look at the website actually, because it's quite inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, um, it's women.govt.nz. Um, and they, they talk about the stuff that they do. We've got, you know, they've got their four strategic outcomes, um, which are, you know, this, this kind of stuff that you can't really disagree with it. And the, 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 they've achieved some extraordinary things. One of the things that I was really proud of, actually, was um, was actually putting a gender lens across everything that Parliament's doing. That 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 work was being advanced um, quite, um, quite well. Um, and so, you know, it, it hasn't been achieved in all levels, but it was something that you kind of like think, you went, oh, of course we need to do that. Of course we need to put a gender lens across everything we do in, in government. Uh, why don't we already do it? It's like, well, part of the reason why I think you don't do it is because of the things you discover when you do, and then you have to do something about it. You know, so it's, right. it's yeah, you can't just go, oh, yeah, so we don't actually have anything approaching equitable outcomes here, and this is why. Um, and I go, yeah, well, we, we can't just take this information and then just look at it, um, put it on the shelf. Go, okay, that's nice. <laughs> Walk off. Yeah. Mm. And and did I read that there was a push to end it or that there's a fear that it will be ended? Yeah, so we've just had a general election um, in October. Mm-hmm. And um, so the um, we have a very different system of government in New Zealand to the US. We have something called mixed member proportional representation. And what that means for this particular election is that there are three political parties. So the National Party, which is kind of roughly equivalent to the Republican Party. Um, mm-hmm. We have the ACT Party and uh, New Zealand First. And, um, you know, they're various shades of right right-wing politics i mean i don't mean correct various shades of, very, far, very far from correct um the various shades of right-wing um mm-hmm. and and so they are going to form what's called a coalition government so they have to work together um they're in negotiation at the moment they are taking an absolute age because there's quite a quite a, a big difference in their um, policy positions and there's also quite a big difference in what they want to achieve for themselves personally within government mm-hmm. um, and the rest you know so it's just it's it's dragging on and on um, it doesn't bode well we knew this was going to happen but unfortunately one of the parties um, the ACT party um, has been um, was was calling for the um, for the um, dissolution of the Ministry for Women Oh, I believe. Do you know, actually, I'm going to just ha- I'm going to have to fact check myself on that because it might okay. not have been the final manifesto um, point that they landed on um, because they but it was certainly something that was was being um, being sort of um, bandied about early on in the campaign. But whether they landed on that sort of finally as they delivered their manifesto, I don't know. And I'm just having a, a bit of a wonder. I don't want to, to unintentionally disrespect them. But certainly it's sure. under threat, I think, if not direct, you know, under under threat, um, if not, if, if not, um, we'll have to wait and see what they do with the coalition government, what they come out with. But, but yeah, I mean, but what it's, would, hmm? sorry. What would be the benefit? No, no, no. What would be the, why would they end it? I what think, is threatening about it? Oh, look, I mean, you'd have to ask them, honestly. <laughs> I, I mean, in all seriousness, I think, you know, one of one of the one of the other areas that they were talking about was the Ministry for Pacific Peoples, you know, and it, oh. it's sort of, um, yeah. So it, it's it's just. Um, I think they don't I think fundamentally, potentially, they don't see the point, you know, of having. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, having that sort of, but representation really matters. Diverse representation mm-hmm. matters a great deal. It's very important that we have those voices in in Parliament. We have those voices in government. Um, there's there's going to be no Pacific member of Parliament in the new coalition government, which is very scary, you know, for mm-hmm. um, for the percentage population that we have here, and and also for the, you know, when you look at things like gender pay gap um, in New Zealand. Um, 
there's a there is still um i think 8.6 percent gender pay gap but but those i think for the 33 dollar uh, wage that that is the male median wage i think mm-hmm. women have oof, about 30 dollars 30 dollars 15 cents i think but pacific women um all the way down to 28 dollars an hour so um it's it's really significant we, we do need that voice there mm. yeah so let's dig into that some more just like why what's the point of the ministry is mm. you know because it, the intersection of that so let's just um can you talk you know we can go very very deep but just kind of a, a broad range for people that just do not understand that intersectionality and why things affect women and women in minorities more so than white women or even cisgender men. Let's talk about that. So in terms of housing, how does the the inequity of housing disproportionately affect women? I think... I think a lot of it comes down. I, I think, to be to be honest, if you were to ask me personally, I think quite a lot of it comes down to um, to pay, actually. Mm-hmm. And if okay. we look at um, because access to housing is dependent on income, right? Um, right. L- largely, um, we we have a um, we have a high proportion of homeowners um, in New Zealand. We obviously have a, a very large amount of people who are renting. Uh, renting properties so one of the big you know if you're going to be the difference between renting and and, and buying is obviously going to be down to um, available income correct mm-hmm. um, and so when you look at uh, the gender pay gap that we were talking about before um, we've only we've 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 basically done a great deal of research and we've worked out that that 80 percent of the 20% we can actually account for in terms of occupations and industries, but actually 80% is is sort of unexplained in terms of you're looking at things like um, uh, unconscious biases and and all of the things that we 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 find really difficult to talk about um, because people are very um, very convinced that they have none. <laughs> uh-huh. you know, yes. It's like, well, it's, that's why it's called unconscious. Um, but, you know, um, <laughs> so, I th- so I think that when you're looking at such a significant gap in, in pay, um, if we just look at that one thing, you know, just look at the difference for Pacific women between $28 and the $33 for men, um, that's a really huge amount of money that, that Pacific people are not getting, or Pacific women in particular are not getting. Uh, and so that's obviously going to impact um, everything that they do. Um, but there's also, um, you know, there's also things like um, uh, whether or not landlords choose to rent their properties to people or not um, and biases that they need to overcome there. Um, we need to look at who's doing the majority of the care of children. We need to look at paid versus unpaid work. Uh, we need to look at who's actually yeah, who's actually doing the bulk of of work that's that's unpaid and and completely unvalued by society. Certainly from a financial perspective, uh, Marilyn mm-hmm. Waring's got some awesome stuff on that. If you get the opportunity to have a read of it, um, okay. but everything, health outcomes, income, um, obviously things like um, paid parental leave. Now we're doing pretty well in New Zealand compared with the US. We, yes. you know, labor, labor and government um, increased our paid parental leave entitlement to 28 weeks. Um, mm. I know. It's kind of a distant <laughs> dream, really, isn't it? But we're still, <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, it's still, it's probably still not enough. Um, mm-hmm. We've also, we also did, labor and government also did a, a very interesting thing, which is to, um, to, to, to actually, um, support employers to continue to pay KiwiSaver through that period of maternity leave because what we're seeing is that uh, which is to do with retirement because obviously uh, women Mm. are going into women are going into retirement far poorer than men Um, part of it is because they haven't been paid as much all the way through but also another reason is that they've had to um, often um, they've taken that time away from their career to um, to to uh, um, raise their children when they go in, they go in at lower pay grades than their men. And there's there's still that thing of um, the bulk of like the day-to-day things like who gets called when a kid's sick. 
even right. if you have two parents who have I remember you know when I had my um when my when my two girls were young um I, and I was working as a midwife and bearing in mind I was working as a midwife I was with somebody in labor often you know it's like mm-hmm. so for them it's still even and my husband and I were um were separated or divorced and he would be um he would have the um he would have it would be his custody you know week or day or whatever and the school would know that he was he it was his day they would still call yeah. me if the kids needed somebody something <laughs> I was like you know I, I a I'm at a birth I can't leave that's the first thing and secondly it's actually his responsibility why are you calling me like it was it was super yeah. interesting so so yeah so we use up our sick leave entitlement again you know um, New Zealand's doing pretty well but still a conversation to have we increase sick leave entitlement from five days to 10 days in government okay. um, mm-hmm. which is good but again you know especially with COVID is it enough um, but yeah. still women are the ones that are taking their sick leave to look after sick children you know this kind mm-hmm. of thing so every everywhere you turn there's something where women are disadvantaged um, just because of um, systems right um, right. Yeah. So I don't think so when you're looking at housing, you know, do we can, can we extract housing out of out of the whole socioeconomic thing? No, we can't really. I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, so now we we'll talk about climate change, because this is a one that that people just they're not connecting the dots on how climate change does not affect people the same way. No. So. But so tell me what y'all have have seen in your work and in your research in your research. Well, it's kind of it's safe to say, isn't it? If we look at if we look at global crises, so if we've we've got really good examples of um, of the COVID pandemic, and I know that they're not the same thing clearly, but if we look at global crises and how they impact people, we know now, and we did actually know at the time that the people who are always at the pointy end of um, any crisis are our women and the pointiest of pointy ends our women of um, well are non-white women so our women mm-hmm. of color mm-hmm. um, our indigenous people um, and we one of the pieces of work that labor did in government was looking at uh, looking at, at because we had the example of the covid pandemic right in front of us we could look at how that was particularly impacting women and so we can extract out from that um, that um, that global crises do affect women disproportionately, um, and therefore we need to pay extra attention. We need to come back to that um, equity conversation. You know where we're mm-hmm. um, if we are going to protect a community from a global crisis, whether it's the climate change or a pandemic or whatever it is. We do need to look at our most vulnerable and we need to ensure that the greatest support is directed towards them. And in, in all instances, it's uh, women. Mm. And in all instances, it's our non-white women who are at the, as I said, the pointiest of the pointy ends. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. And I, I don't, under, I think that there's such a, I don't understand either. You know, you were saying I don't really understand why people aren't connecting the dots. I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. either, but I don't know whether it's um, we've lost the capacity to listen to experts through mm-hmm. a lot of the, um, uh, well, a lot of the mis and disinformation, the rise of mis, and, mis yeah. and disinformation, as I said, probably since the 2016 US presidential election, if we can have a point in time. I think mm-hmm. we've just seen that we are not seeing people take a balanced and reasoned response to many things and they're Mm -hmm. finding it really hard to find credible sources of information and putting making their decisions based around those credible sources of information when i was teaching midwifery it was one of the things that i taught actually was um was critical thinking Mm -hmm. um and how to assess credibility (laughs) in research and it was really, really interesting, like looking at how people thought and what they trusted, who they trusted. And we're looking at these are tertiary, this is a tertiary education. You know, these are kind of like um, university level students. Um, and they were really struggling with the concept of credibility and how to assess it. And, um, you know, that's that's the work of 
Well, I mean, there are great. There are lots and lots of people who are looking at this in great detail, but I know that it's had a really huge impact. So, so we're not kind of. I don't think we're. Um, I don't think, as a society, people are able to often listen clearly to people who actually are the experts. Yes. <laughs> is, that, is that polite enough? <laughs> incredibly I was polite. Super hard to be polite there. But you know, because, because you don't I don't, have to be. Well, no, but I don't. I don't want there to be an overtone of blame. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's I like you. it is mm-hmm. absolutely not people's fault if they've been led down the garden path. You know? Yeah. It's like there are yeah. lots of reasons why people do and don't trust the sources of information that they do and don't trust, and many of them are, you know, not people's fault. And it's unhelpful for us to say, you know, to 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 make judgments about them that you know they're stupid or. You know, it, it's just not mm-hmm. true. Many highly intelligent people have, you know, ended up down the rabbit hole. So it's not, you know, it's not about intelligence or education or any of that. I think it helps if it, there's there's something else going on there. Yeah, and I think I think part of part of it going back to people not connecting the dots and trust. People don't always tr- trust or value other people's experience in terms of the people that are living in the trenches and their experiences. You know, we, we tend to want to put judgment on them or think, Oh, you're not thinking clearly, Mm -hmm. or you're just not seeing the whole picture. And, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that has happened more since Mm -hmm. 2016, just people invalidating each other's honestly lived experiences. And when I, you know, you say, the water issues mm-hmm. or, you know, the heat, you know, I can't as a single mom heat my house mm-hmm. and people are just like, well, you're just not budgeting correctly. Yeah. That's not it. Listen to my words. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot around trust and, and trusting what people say. I think that there's a huge amount around trust and a huge amount around who people trust and also why. And, and, we we just have to we have to stop being judgmental just full stop mm-hmm. i think and just look at um people's you know people people largely believe things and do things because they benefit them in some way and i include altruism yeah. in that you know i'm not oh, you know yes. it, it's not um <laughs> you know this is this is you know we can we can sort of do a deep dive into the whole philosophy of it which is really interesting but it's um, I think at the end of the well, I think I think we need to just go. Is this helpful or is this not helpful? And how can I reach people? And so, because of course I'm in a really different position because I would, oh my gosh, I mean I would hear such a lot of stuff from such a lot of people coming from various different positions. Some people are not reachable, and some people are reachable. And I think we need to just keep reaching out in a very well, I mean, if we've got the spoons for it, if we've got the capacity to actually reach out, then that's fine. But a lot of the time we don't. And of course, it's, you know, for a lot of women, it's yet another job that we're giving people to do. That's you know, yet yet another responsibility we're piling onto people. And actually, um, I try really hard not to, um, you know, you talk about people's responsibility. It's actually my responsibility to learn. It's not vulnerable communities' responsibility to teach me. So... Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my responsibility as a woman to necessarily teach a white cisgender man about the, the patriarchy and how it impacts mm-hmm. women. You know, they do need to, especially as you say, they don't necessarily believe you, even if you tell them. Um, do you know, I'm going to go off at a tangent here, but I, this is this is a really interesting, because <laughs> I do. <laughs> just like, I love it. Here we love go. It. Woo! the corner um so i remember having a conversation with a friend of mine who was a white cisgender um man and um we were talking about exercise yeah and i was saying i said to him i just as an just as an exercise like a mental exercise for you it's like because he he was a runner he used to run he used to like to go running to keep fit um, and, and I said to him, so if you say to yourself, like, I want to go for a run, what do you think about when you when you um, think about I want to go for a run? So he's like, well, um, you know, where are my shorts and shoes and buy kind of, you know, it's mm-hmm. that's literally it. It wasn't. Oh, is it getting dark? Where am I going to go? Am I going on streets that are populated? Are my shorts too short? 
are my shorts right. too long? Is are my clo- is, is is my clothing revealing? Am I in some way inviting attack? Of course, bearing in mind I do not have that. That is not my view, right? You know, you people attack. Yes, you yes. don't invite. You know, just yep. disclaimer here. But we have to go through these processes. Like, um, is it too dark? Is it too light? Is it? Are there people there? Am I safe in all respects? You know, not just physically safe. Am I mentally safe? All of this. It, it's you know who's going to put who's going to make the dinner you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like whilst mm-hmm. I'm gone who's looking after the children oh my goodness yeah you know all of these things there's just a multitude of things but even just the issue of how do you choose your running shorts is is not a thing that had ever occurred to him his only consideration was was that item of clothing suitable for the exercise that he wanted to do did he want to go for a run or did he not that was it and, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is just an example of all of the mental gymnastics that so many of us have to, to go through just with a very simple, very sim- simple kind of um, example of going for a run. I don't run. I only run if I'm being chased. So, <laughs> so it's like, I just said, if you see me running, you need to run too. So chasing me. But, you know, it, it's like obviously exercise. But it's, it's just there are so many things that we have to think about. And this this goes through every this threads through every single part of our lives, um, you know. And I I brought back to the that wonderful America Ferrera speech in um, in Barbie, oh you know, right? Yes, yes. It's like yes. you have to be pretty but not too pretty, otherwise you're threatening. You know, it's kind of like you have mm-hmm. to be smart but not too smart. And it really brings me back to you know the presidential election <laughs> again. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh my goodness! Did I remember seeing um, Hillary Clinton say she 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 totted up the amount of time that she'd spent on hair and makeup and clothes, like mm. having to having to present herself in that way. Yeah. And I think could be wrong, but I seem to remember it was something like thirty working days that she had had to spend on that. Now that's time she could have been campaigning. She could have been. Mm-hmm. On the phone, she could have been, you know what I mean? It, it yeah, really, yeah. really affected. But you would never say, oh, look, I wonder if our requirements of our women in the public life to look presentable in a certain way might impact their capacity to do the job because it takes time away, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. what could you do with that hour you didn't have to spend, you know, on your hair and makeup? Serious. Right. Because yes, it my, is. Look, my male colleagues just get out of bed and put the nearest clothes they've got on on. Seriously, they might yes. have a shower, <laughs> it's like, but actually, they might not. <laughs> yeah, that is that's another passion of mine is exploring how beauty culture mm. has has tied us down and how people um, have treated it as an expectation and and how do we present that to young girls? You know, how do we mm. need to reverse all of that? Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about the um, Labor Party's Women's Manifesto, because mm. the goals of it seem so common sense. I, yeah. I mean, we just need to make it global. And, you know, it's common sense for, if it's common, I, I just want to say if it's common sense, why are we already doing it? Oh, it's, you know. I know, I know, yeah. The fact that you have to, I, I love this manifesto, mm. but it's, it's sad that a thing of this has to exist in order for there to be equity, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this um, so, is, yeah, this is, I'm not, I, I would say that we're, you know, this, the, the, this manifesto is not going to achieve equity. Wouldn't it be lovely if it did? Um, mm-hmm. Also mm-hmm. labor isn't in government now. So, you know, this is, it's kind of moot really. Um, oh, okay. So it's, it's um, because we, you know, we weren't successful in, this last election mm-hmm. so so it's you know this uh, manifesto is obviously stuff that you're bringing into an election when you're campaigning and um, these mm-hmm. are things that we wanted to do one of the things that I'm particularly that I really hope gets brought forward but I, I'm not holding my breath is um is our stalking and harassment laws yes um and we you know I've been um been doing quite a lot on that over the past three years in fact I had um I don't know whether you saw that I had a member's bill um, that was um, just a very small part of, of that sort of legislative change that we were trying to get get sorted. We have a lot of work. Um, 
so yeah so so yes it is honestly it is common sense and i don't what i really have never understood is i don't really understand because i seem to have a um one of my fundamental principles of society and life is that we are only as strong as we are only as successful as our least mm. strong and least successful person we're only mm. as healthy as a society as our least healthy person so i don't understand why people don't see the connection between health the health of um people who are living in poverty for example and health if they're not living in poverty if that makes sense mm-hmm. so um 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 yeah so so a lot of the a lot of the stuff you would call common sense i don't i have no idea why this is just not a thing have you read yeah. invisible women by the way i guess you have right no i haven't but i Ooh. do have it on my list it's on my yeah. list <laughs> gosh i tell you what like it's it's um it's it's one of those books that I, I have to read in small bursts as I start getting, you know, the flames, flames, rage, flames, <laughs> flames all around. And, you know, so much of it is just really um, incredibly interesting. But from a woman's health perspective, you know, I find the minimization of women's pain, the disregard of women's oh. lived experience and the subsequent health um, disbenefits that women experience to be very um yeah to, to be frustrating very 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 frustrating um yeah but yeah yeah you should, it's a very good very good read um, I but as um, i said I... small chunks <laughs> take it, <laughs> the flames take over yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh friends there's so much in this conversation we talk for another 45 minutes So I'm going to make this a two-parter and stick with me because next week we're going to talk about abortion and she gives one of the most extensive, profound reasons why we cannot have abortion bans. Thanks for listening to Stark Conversations.